going on everybody? Welcome back to another Rugby Muscle Podcast. It's your boy, your host as always, TJ here. And in today's episode, again it's another solo episode, again it's another car episode as you can probably hear because I'm recording on that little, I've got a little like clip mic that goes onto my collar here. Like you know how those TV presenters always have them? I've got one of those attached to my phone that's uh, sat here on my pop socket lock on the front of my car that is no longer needed to give me directions because I know exactly where I'm going. So, got some time to kill for, let's do another podcast because I wanted to get one in on this Friday before the World Cup quarterfinals because I want to give my opinions because the last few ones that I've done, they've gone down pretty well. So, you know, I thought there's a lot of guys out there or there's a lot of much more worthy pundits out there that are giving their expert opinion but fuck it like I am primarily a strength and conditioning coach but I am also very much a rugby coach and I think I can offer my perspectives on it and help you guys out because if you are a true rugby player that wants to improve as a rugby player I see it a lot with guys here in the states but I also see it up and down the country in the UK as well not sure how it is in the southern hemisphere but a lot of guys that play lower level rugby they don't ever watch any upper level rugby and those that do don't understand it in a, on a deeper level to what they should do which actually holds you back as a player like the more you can understand rugby at the top 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 level the better player that you can be because you can improve on all the little things that um, will help your team out as a player in whatever position you're in and understand, have a greater understanding of the game as a whole. For example, if you were to watch a lot of tries that are scored on the wing, nearly 90%, I'd say, I probably, I would guess in this World Cup, let's say 90% of them, <laughs> I like it's just a guess, but, you know, whatever. Um, so often, the winger jams in and makes a misread rather than just drifts out and stays on his man. And that's a fundamental error that I see in every single level of rugby and definitely still at the top and if that winger just holds his line and holds his man on the wing then there's a good chance that try isn't going to be scored Um, but yeah that's something that you can apply to your game if you're a winger and there's so many different things that you can apply to your game whatever position that you're in so without further ado I I am going to go into nutrition on this one because I've been asked a very interesting question that I want to go into depth on but for the let's let's start by discussing this England Australia game that's going to happen tonight my time Friday night. Watching a World Cup is kind of an awkward thing here in the states because it's just too late because it's in the, like right in the middle of the fucking night. It's just too late to watch to stay up and watch it, and it's for sure too early because some of them are actually you know 1 a.m. You're not you're going to bed and waking up at 1 a.m to watch stuff and then going on with the rest of your day especially on a Friday Saturday it could be acceptable but not for me because I coach my boys on Saturdays and I can't do that half asleep so my main plan is what I do is I've been waking up in the mornings not checking any socials not checking any texts I've been trying as best I can just go straight walk walk the pooch and then go straight to the TV and watch not the highlights but watch the whole thing but even then, I don't enjoy the game as if it was fresh because every stoppage I try and wind through because 
I try and get through the games because they're 80 minutes. I try and just watch the ball in play. And then you end up overshooting it, and then you have to go back, and then but that's already given it away. Like you know, you see the points go up by three or by seven. You know, ah, I've missed that. I have to go back. But anyway, so I'm going to be waking up bright and early, watching England v Australia without going on any socials, and seeing what happens. I predict an England win, as we've seen now. We've got George Ford, who's probably been England's best player in the pool stages has been dropped to the bench and I think that's a tactical thing I think that was what the plan was the whole time because now Australia have no game film really to go off of with um, Farrell Tuolangi and Slade I also think they're trying to target um, Manu being you know not because George Ford's a little bit he's the most undersized back that we've got on the England team and they've got Karevi who's been probably the form centre of the World Cup so far him and Tuolangi, that's going to be a hell of a battle. I hope there isn't going to be a red card between the guys, but I think England will come out on top. I also think George Ford coming on against a tired Australian backline, which they've been struggling in the backline a little bit. They've, they've run well against, you know, dross opposition, but they haven't, you know, this is not the normal Australian team of no pack and a bunch of backs that are going to run wild. It's actually the other way around. They've actually got a decent set piece at this point, but I just think England are going to have too much power for them. And I think on my Super Brew predictions, I predicted England by 12, and I'll stick with that one. Um, the other game that day, or tonight, I guess, is New Zealand v Ireland. Um, I hate to say it for the Irish, but I just don't see Ireland getting anywhere close to them. I, I But... I say that, but I didn't see that in the two wins that they got recently in the last couple of years over over New Zealand. I never saw Ireland getting close to them. So if they play the game of their lives, yeah, they have a chance and they can cause a huge upset. But unfortunately, the way Ireland have been playing, their limited way of playing, um, I just don't see them making any inroads to... Because you forget how physical New Zealand are because the whole of their team are absolute ballers. They can all handle the ball, they can all um, seamlessly slot into the back line and use their hands if they need to you forget just how powerful they are and they've got Brody Retallick back in who is an absolute monster you forget how physical Safair can be you forget how physical they can be at every single breakdown and even if Ireland want to meet them up front I just think they're going to have too much and I will call New Zealand to win this game by more than 15 I'd say unfortunately um, I think it's, they're just going to overpower them. Now, before I go into the other two games, and let's get into the Q&A instead. And today I'm just going to answer one question because I can get kind of in-depth with it. That question is, what to eat before, during, and after a match? How would it differ between cutting versus bulking? I'll get into how it would, cut, it would differ between cutting versus bulking in a sec. But first, let's discuss what to eat before a match, and I'm not going to discuss that Friday, let's let's assume you're going to play on a Saturday at 1pm, and let's assume that you did everything, you've, you've saturated yourself nice and well on carbohydrates on that Friday, you've had a good night's sleep, and let's say you've woken up between 7 and 8am for a 1pm kickoff, um, you'd wake up and I think your biggest meal would be, not straight after you've woken up, but you know, within 30 minutes to an hour of waking, and I would get in a good breakfast, mostly of carbs. Ideally, you'd have a, you could have a little bit of fat just to keep you satiated, whatever trace fats come along with it. 
whatever fats you normally would eat, that would be fine. But it would be mostly carbs. It would be, depending on your size, I would have anywhere between 50 and 100 grams of carbs and anywhere between 20 and 50 grams of protein at that meal. Um, you could get those carbs in via oats, via bread, if you're okay with din and with gluten, which most people are going to be. You can get those carbs in via any cereal if you're okay with it and what's done a lot in Asia and other continents you can have noodles or pasta as well with your with your breakfast but mostly you know whole grain cereals whatever um, full starchy carbs you can have potatoes also work pretty well um, and for the most part you're going to have whatever source of protein you're comfortable with eating whether that's yogurt whether that's a protein shake mixed in with your um, oats whether that's eggs um, if you have eggs just be careful not to load up too much on the on the yolks but a couple yolks would be fine have a nice omelet so suggestions here you could have omelets and homemade hash browns you could have eggs on toast which would be great you could have oats with protein and fruit mixed in there you could have a cereal granola style with some yogurt maybe with an extra bit of protein sprinkled in there and that would be an awesome breakfast it'd be a nice big satiating filling meal if you want a coffee you can have it with it i know people sometimes cut out caffeine right until the second before a game not necessary whatever you're used to just stick with that and then make sure that you've got it you've got it a good deal of water going in i'd probably actually start i start personally every single day by drinking a pint of water and you can too it's an easy way to stay hydrated and definitely on game day if you can front load your water if you can get a good pint of water in before <clears throat> doing anything else with your day that's a great idea and i recommend that you do that um any other suggestions you could have any any sort of meat to go with your omelet that would be fine i just wouldn't go crazy with the vegetables you can have a few vegetables but on game day it's not about being the healthiest motherfucker going it's about getting your energy sources in to make sure that you are performing the best now if you're you know waking up between seven or eight o'clock and you're eating your vegetables before eight o'clock you've got five hours to digest that before you get into the game probably four hours before your warm-up you're probably gonna be okay but if you're having a huge salad a huge you know huge veggie scramble with it it's not overly advisable because some of that will be still digesting and will impact not necessarily negatively impact exactly how you play but it will cause you some sort of digestive stress or it will just hamper your digestion which you don't need on game day it's not necessary and therefore you know having one portion of vegetables great um any more isn't you know it's just unnecessary and might cause a risk but it's just easier just to leave it out fruits are fine you can load up on the fruits um and especially berries and stuff put those in your oats and you're going to be great and then moving on to the next meal this is where it gets kind of nitty-gritty and this is where it gets very individual because some people will if they eat within an hour of their or like an hour or so before the warm-up will be feeling very sick that food will still be going in their stomach and they'll be feeling kind of crappy and like you know still full like they're not able to move other people if they don't eat within you know 90 minutes of their warm-up will feel hungry and depleted and by the time they get out for their actual game 
they'll be, you know, feeling like they're even more low on energy, even though it's like very much a placebo, because if you're eating within an hour of your warm-up, warm-up, that food is probably still going to be not access to the bloodstream at all by the time you start your game. It can be by the time you finish, but again, it's sort of not a great idea to do to be doing that. So that second meal, whatever you do, it shouldn't be too big. Um, let's go back to that one o'clock kickoff. So most people begin their warm-ups, what, 12, 12, 12, 15 or so. So I'd look at trying to get a second meal, maybe a sandwich in at about 11 to 11.15 for most people. Again, if you're on either end of the extremes, you can go to, you can wrap that meal all the way to, even up to probably 11.30, but um, other people would be much better doing it around 10.30. Now, whatever you do, the closer you get, the more fast digesting carbs you want and the less fiber you want. So when we're looking at this sandwich, in general, for the most part, the sandwich is going to be one of the better suggestions. A small bowl of pasta can work as well. But we're looking at white grains. We're looking at easily digested foods such as chicken, fish, um, egg whites can go great. Protein can go great here. So if you're doing like white oatmeal with um, protein, like anything that we discussed at breakfast, replace that wholemeal bread with white bread. You're going to be great. Replace anything whole grain with white um, flour, easy digestive, simple carbs. You're going to be great. And even more important, I would suggest to keep the fats to a minimum. So if you're having a sandwich, I, I would ideally not have any cheese in that sandwich. Um, a little bit of mayo is not going to cause you any sort of issues. But try and keep those fats to a minimum and try and keep the vegetables to a minimum because you want to get that food in and out of your system um, and into the bloodstream as fast as possible um, without you being overly hungry. So use that timing to make sure that you're not hungry, but the meal, whatever happens, should be nice, fast digesting carbs. Um, like I say, white, white grain, simple carbs, not necessarily sugars, because those are going to be even closer and closer before kickoff, before game, before the warm up. But um, and they'll be in and out and through your stream before you even know it. So ideally, something like you know, like I say, white rice, um, noodle bowls, anything like that, nice and small, or a nice sandwich is the one of the easiest things that you can do. And that would be one to two hours, no, one and a half to two and a half to three hours before kickoff, or one to two hours before your warm-up. Um, if your fixture is, if your game kicks off a little bit later, say three, all you would do is make that meal a little bit larger and a little bit further out, or the later on you be, your kickoff becomes, you can actually just have a full-on meal um, following the instructions that I gave there for breakfast. So say you've got a 5 p.m. kickoff, you'd have two of those meals similar to what we discussed for breakfast, and then maybe one meal within that one to two hour window before your kickoff, before your warm up, um, with those simple um, carbohydrates and sugars just even closer. Now, with when it comes to having Haribos and stuff in the like in the change room right before you go out it's okay but just know that it's still going to take at least an hour before it's before your body can do anything with it so if you're there's no real use in having any sweets at half time i used to do it all the time i don't think it necessarily hindered me um 
physically maybe it did a little bit but mentally it gave me an edge it made me feel that a little bit better and a placebo effect like that is an actual thing and if you feel better and you so you have something within you that feel, feels like gives you a little bit of energy then by all means crack on and carry on doing it just know that it's not going to have an incredible effect now when it gets to post game this is where you can have a little bit of fun um, and this is where it matters whether you're bulking or cutting. If you are, if you are bulking or cutting, those first meals are going to be the same no matter what, because the whole point of those meals is to give you the amount of energy needed per game without, with whilst causing you minimal digestive stress or any sort of digestive issues, having you to having your digestive system work as little as it needs to to get you what you want. Post game, however. We now no longer need that energy. All we need to do is try and recover. And if you're cutting, you need to pay a lot more attention to how hard you work, depending on how strict you are. And that, this also can be moved on to the day after a game. But um, if you, you know, if you have a giant pizza or something, that's going to add up and that's going to that's going to bleed into the rest of your week in terms of putting you over on your calories, especially if you're a winger who barely did anything. So just pay attention to that, but pay attention to how hard you worked, and then that would then you can have a recovery shake if you want, right in the locker room straight after a game. Obviously, if the boys are all having beers, if you've had a good win, don't feel um, like you should let your nutrition be trying to be perfect get in the way of having a couple beers. Like the cultural side of rugby is an important thing to pay attention to, and I'm never gonna tell you that you can't have a beer and can't enjoy yourself after a good game, especially if you've won. It does get, you know, obviously that comes with its compromises because if you're trying to cut, that's calories that are going to feed into, that you could use, you know, directly for your recovery that you're then taking away from or just adding on top of and replacing it with beers. But, you know, who am I? I'm not your mum. If you want to have some beers, you can absolutely have some beers. But a shake is something that I used to always pack. I used to pack a shake and a banana, leave them in my kit bag. So straight away after a game, I would get make sure I got my waters in. I'd make sure I'd stay hydrated. Then I'd have my shake. And then I'd get on the beers. And then usually teams put on a little bit of you know, uh, food after the games. And by all means, go ahead and have some of that. Some carbohydrates, some protein. It doesn't matter as much to uh, how quickly this food is digested because you've, you're going to have another day to recover. Um, before you get straight back into the gym and you're going to have some time to recover. And it all depends on how hard you work. So if you were, you know, say if you were a winger that was in a real tight game where it was all based in the forwards and you barely did anything, then, you know, you could go ahead and just have a light meal and just go crack on into your week of training the next week and be fine. If you were a flanker that, um, you know, hit every single ruck and it was a brutal game, then you can... Um, allow yourself to have a big bolus of calories, a, a giant meal um, without going too crazy, but a couple giant meals after your game is going to be fine because you would have worked your ass off. And you, what you'll find is in most rugby games, you're going to work, if you if you play for a full 80 minutes and you're involved in a heavy game, you're going to work a lot harder than you will do in any other area, any other gym session, anything like that, just because it's a long old game and you're putting in a lot of what you're running, being physical, um, and there's just not a lot that's going to be more tiring than a full 80-minute rugby game, particularly if you're, you know, doing a physical job all the time as well. And so you can, you know, 
you can get whatever you want in after that really and that's where you can have a little bit of fun have a little bit of a mental break because recovery also you know a large part of recovery is done in the brain because you're trying to de-stress you're trying to calm down and you're trying to um recover mentally and physically so having a good meal is also a great way to do that um having something that you really enjoy even if it isn't you know quote unquote the cleanest food in the world you're going to be fine doing that and i would actually recommend that a lot of you go ahead and do that now the next day is when you can either get straight back onto your diet depending on how you're recovering and then next day you know the other six days are more important for whether you're bulking or cutting um it doesn't differ too much i would just pay attention to you know your post-nutrition whether you're if you're cutting you have to pay a lot more attention if you're bulking just eat 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 because you want to make sure that you are definitely definitely recovered so that you you know because if you're bulking there's a good chance that you have to go in the gym the next day after a game and get a bit of fluff work in so you've got to make sure that you are recovering and the best way to recover food wise is carbohydrates or more importantly calories um, as long as you've got enough protein in you're going to be great but calories 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 make sure you get them in and make sure you get um, a good night's sleep after that hopefully that answers that question pretty well um, i know you know outside of the breakfast i'm not really giving straight 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 answers but that's the point i'd rather give you options so that you understand for what you can make work for you and apply it to you your situation whatever position you're in for a game whatever time you're of day you're playing whether you're bulking or cutting all these sorts of things will differ in your nutrition and that's why just get handing out set meal plans is never going to be great but hopefully that helped and then you can spend your is it yeah your sunday morning if you're in the uk or sunday night or saturday night if you're here in the states or wherever you are in the world watching the second set of quarterfinals which is obviously wales v france um it's way too fucking cliched to say it depends which french side shows up but it's so fucking true france have shown up for about 20 minutes of this world cup so far and when they have they have been on fucking fire they have got quality players i think i predicted peno he i predicted him because he's been really good and it wasn't like an out really like you know an outlandish prediction it's like predicting that new zealand is going to do well in the world cup they like peno is a great player uh, if they get him the ball if they get rack of the ball um if they play on the front foot and they you know they actually give a shit I think I can see this French team showing up and, you know, it's knockout rugby. Um, but I do also think that Wales have figured out a way to play that suits them. They just play really, really fucking hard, man. They play a proper working man's game and they out-physical teams. They are really tough on defence and if the French don't give a shit, then they're not going to break Wales down. They have to be, you know, the, the French flair has to be showing to the, t- to the top of its game if those boys are to turn over Wales, which they really can do, but, and actually, they can do, and in pure French fashion, I think they are going to do it, I think French will turn over Wales, and I predict France to win by eight, and then that leaves the last game of the weekend, which is Japan, South Africa, and everyone just thinks um, that South Africa are going to roll them, and I understand that, because those boys are huge um and if there's one way to stop a 
Japanese team that are playing really fast, you would imagine it's by sending your big boys up into them time after time after time after time. But if I'm honest, I think Japan should go into this with a lot more respect. They, If you judge them by what they've done so far in this World Cup, they've been one of the better teams. They've won two real hard games and they've worked their ass off for them. And I think that they can do it again. No one else is making this prediction. And maybe that's why I'm doing it, because I think that they... I just think... If you base it off the this World Cup so far, I don't see how you can pick against them. All of their players have played so well. I have no reason to pick against them if we're judging only by this World Cup. If we're basing off past history, of course, yeah. You know, South Africa are obviously the more established team. They're the better. They they have the more world class players, according to the history. But I just think there's something about this Japan team, um, about their belief. They don't think that they're a tier two team anymore. They don't think that they're held back. They don't think that if they beat um, any of these other teams, it's going to be upset. They just think about their job that they've got ahead of them and has to beat the South Africa team. And I predict that they're going to just play at such a pace that South Africa can't live with it. They're going to get flustered. South Africa might claw that game back a little bit, but I just think Japan are going to have too much for them. And I think I'm going to predict Japan by five. I think Japan are going to turn them over. So with that rid ridiculous prediction um some of you will probably listen to this after this game's already happened and south africa already won you're like tj you are a fucking idiot what are you doing saying that japan are going to win well i'm basing off this game the games i've seen so far in the world cup and i don't i'm not going to go against them with that prediction we'll end this podcast here thank you guys so much for listening um i spoke about game day nutrition i spoke about how you need to understand nutrition and to best understand nutrition, I've set you up with a three... Nah, see? In the last podcast, I got it right. I, I've set you up with a free three-part video series explaining exactly how to use nutrition to work for you, your lifestyle, and your goals. And you can go ahead and get that for free at rugby-muscle... Damn it. Rugby-muscle.com forward slash diet. You can also get 50 free rugby conditioning sessions so that you can play like the Japanese at a frantic pace for 80 minutes working on your aerobic system by going to rugby-muscle.com. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, if it's your first time listening. Spread it out with your teammates. Spread the word. This podcast is, we're doing them two times a week going forward once again. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't done already, give us a five-star review. Give us a few words and I'll read it out on the next podcast. But for now, guys, I'll see you in the next one. Thank you again. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really do hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure that you're subscribed so you can get every single future episode delivered directly to your phone without any sort of hassle whatsoever. If you'd like to win some cool free stuff, then you can go ahead and go give us a five-star review, ideally on iTunes, but you can use whatever podcasting service you do to give us a five-star review. Right now, we're giving away a three a free three-month subscription to Team Rugby Muscle. That's our flagship strength and conditioning program where you can get world-class strength and conditioning delivered directly to your phone so that you can make the most amount of progress in the simplest way possible. And last but not least, you can download 50 free conditioning sessions just by visiting rugby-muscle.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one.